What did I title this thing? Okay. You know how much I like titles. Because everything changes. Even when I get here, I'm like, different things start coming to me. But uh, really, what I was wanting to get across was um, that uh, you can't, even our mistakes, he prospers. That's such good news to me. And uh, your lack of faith, nothing can separate you from his goodness. Nothing can separate you from his favor. Nothing can separate you from ever blessing. Now, do we mess it up all the time? But I, I, I call him the master chess player. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the decisions we're gonna make. And he'll even take our decisions to make them good. And he never fails because the telos, the end of time is what it says, is the fullness of Jesus Christ. So all of our, our ending is Christ. So it can't get any better than that, right? So that's, that's this journey that we're on, but I would just challenge you, experience life right now in the next 30 seconds, in the next 60 seconds, you know, when we're, when we're out there, because we have a choice every time to choose life in those situations. Where I don't care what's going on, I'm gonna choose to only focus on these things, is what Philippians 4 says, things that are lovely. If there's anything that's good or true, let's focus on that. So um, I'm just telling you, it makes it better and better and better, and then we'd stop this fight so I wanted to just make sure you know, if, you're, if you don't feel worthy, if you don't feel valuable, if you feel like you've messed everything up, um, he knew that. And he'll still restore, he'll still bless, he'll still make it good. Isn't that good news? So let's just hit that first slide. Yeah, so Romans 8.28, there's so much packed in this. I could have spent a lot right here, but... That first, that first sentence is perfect, and we know that all things work together for good. Do we know that? Most Christians don't know that. They, 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 almost every teaching I've heard, and we, make all, and we know that all things work together for good, uh, then they start putting additions to those who love God. See, it's only for those of people who love God. And I'm going to show you that's not even true. Scripture examples are over and over and over. So to those who are called according to his purpose, that called is surnamed. And it says there's one name. There's one name that's above every name, and we're all included in that name. So we're all in that. Does that make sense? So he makes all things work together for what? Are good. So can he make your mistakes to work together for your good? Yes. We'd have less flat foreheads if we... But my forehead's pretty flat, but he still makes it good. That's what's so beautiful to me. So then he, he keeps going down, you know, the whole argument, but then he says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So he makes all things work together for your good, and God is for you. Is he the divine power? Is he the power that conquers anything else? Then nothing can stand in his way, even you. Isn't that awesome? He's for you. He'll never be against you. He's for you. Does your behavior stop him being for you? No. Does your lack of faith stop him from being for you? No. Does your lack of... Uh, love God with all your heart mind and soul. How many have ever done that? One, Christ, right? That doesn't even stop his blessing from you. So all things work together for your good. God is for us, so who can be against us? Nothing can be against you. No situation can be against you. No person can be against you. No, nothing. He, and he talks about all the different things there. So he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not freely make us earn all things? Freely give us how many things? All things. So whatever you're in need for, is he going to give it to you? Freely. It's yours. He, in fact, he sees you in the telos. He sees you in Christ. He sees the final condition. 
So whatever you need, he's already said yes and amen. It's free. Enjoy. It makes your problems look a little smaller, doesn't it? So he's for you. He makes all things work together for your good. He gives it for free. Who shall bring any charge to God's elect? And that's a rhetorical question. Hey, if God's for you, there's nothing, no thing, no person, no anything that could ever be against you. It's God who justifies or says, hey, I've justified you. I've made you righteous. Who is he condemned? Another rhetorical question. It's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. So think about this, guys. So he says, even if you die, was that a final condition to God? No, that's what he's saying. It's Christ who died, who furthermore rose. So even death, even death can't be against you. That's what he's saying. So your current situations are pretty, not a big deal to him. It's a big deal to us, but that's what he's saying. Paul's trying to drive it in. Everything works together for your good. He's got a master plan. It's gonna work okay. I don't care what it looks like. He will restore, he will replace, he will do whatever needs to happen. In fact, I, I know like even the situations were really tough for us. When we look back, we go, that was great. It wasn't fun, but it was great. Because I've learned more in the mistakes, actually, than it's easy to believe God when everything's going good, isn't it? When things are prospering and everything's great and you feel great, and, but what about when you feel like crap? You feel like everything's falling down. It doesn't work. That's where King David was. Is, uh, you know, the king was against him. Saul was against him. Everybody was against him. And he said, you know what? I encouraged myself. I encouraged myself in the Lord. So he's trying to just drive it in like he always does. It's Christ who died, so even death he overcomes, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. So he's making intercession for us as we speak. Isn't that awesome? And I don't mind you praying in tongues, but I like to rest in his prayer for me. I just go, Lord, I know you're praying for me. I'm going to sleep because you even give me, you give to the beloved when I sleep. I'm not big into, as you guys know, like let's stay up and pray through this and prayer chain. I'm going, he's praying for us. Your prayer can't be any better than his, so I'm going to bed. It's just better, isn't it? Is that better? I, I just think it is. Now, if you want to stay up all night and be angry and pray and need a Snickers, fine. Um, but he makes intercession for us. He's doing it, right? So anyway, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or slur? And then you know what he says after that. Nay, you are more than conquerors in all this. So whatever it is, he's already conquered it for you. We just walk into it. You guys get it? All right, let's go to the next slide. So I was just, are there biblical examples of God using failure or lack of faith or any of these things where he even makes their lack of faith, their, their, uh, uh, their mistake for us, does he even make our mistakes to prosper? Well, what's the biggest sin that we've ever committed in humanity? Killing Jesus. In fact, uh, Paul Young said that the other night. It's so good every time I hear it. Um, when somebody said, well, what must we do? They were trying to get their arms around that God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos and you were found in him before the creation of the world. Because most of us had the idea that sin could separate you, Right? And Paul's revelation is nothing could separate you. There's, no, it's an impossibility. The only place we were separated was in our mind. So they were asking him, so what must we do to get saved? And it's kind of shocking, but Baxter Kruger goes, we already did it. We killed him. And he took the greatest mistake of humanity and did what with it? Reconciled creation. 
And that's why I put the, that's 2 Corinthians 5, 19. So we killed perfect love. He responded with perfect forgiveness and reconciliation for everybody. So that's why I concluded Romans 5. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, how much did grace abound? Hooper is what it says. Hooper abounded, right? And uh, that's why it's ironic when people go, well, that's, uh, um, what do they call it? Sloppy grace or what do they call it? Sloppy agape and greasy grace. If it's not sloppy agape and greasy grace, it's not grace. Every time Paul talks about it, it's hooper, it's hyper, because people go, oh, he's one of those hyper grace guys. I go, I'm way far to the right of hyper grace. I'm all grace. Because, and you should be too. <laughs> because if it has any part to do with you, then you can boast. And he said, no, it's not that way. If it's by grace, it's by grace. If it's by works, by works. Because I've made it totally by grace so that no man can boast. So, where sin abounded, the hamartia, it's not your behavior, guys, even though it results to behavior. Is this going in and out a little bit? No? Okay, it sounds like it is to me. So, where, where, where the distortedness abounded, grace, was grace too small to overcome even the greatest sin in the world? Did the people who were killing Jesus have faith? The faith that we would understand, like faith in Christ. No, they killed him. They called him a blasphemer and Beelzebub and, and uh, the law will always persecute grace. You know that, right? So try to go share the good news to a bunch of Christians once. I'm just telling you that you'll, you'll see the most violent reaction in that because you've taken away their everything. You've taken away their right, their, their, I'm in and they're not and so I can have this other guy, you know, this exclusive other and it's, that's not what it was. In fact, that's what the Jews thought they had. We're in and you guys are out. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. You guys were to represent all nations and I was to represent all men. And you guys are missing it. Because you've missed that, um, guess what? I'm taking your stewardship away and I've given it to a people who doesn't ask. Now, at the resurrection, were all Jews included? Yes, of course. And Paul's revelation was, hey, here's the great news. There's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no male, there's no female. There's one faith, there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one name, and we're all in it. It's beautiful, actually. So anyway, so, we're, we're, uh, so here's what I'm trying to show you is, did any of the people that killed Jesus deserve to be blessed in that situation? No, they just killed him, right? They didn't have any faith. I mean, what, are, what are the barriers for most people to receive? Lack of faith, unforgiveness. You know he won't heal you if you don't have forgiveness. I'm lying. I hope you, I, you should have responded differently. So, because uh, that's what I was taught when I would see the prayer line. Now, if you've got any unconfessed sin, you've got to barely do that thing. Or I'm like, jeez. Uh, we've actually seen it destroy people <clears throat> because it, it brought up stuff that they were so embarrassed of that uh, then their spouse heard it and it actually caused a divorce. I was like, that's terrible. The, the message should have been, he heals despite your unforgiveness. Does that make sense? There's nothing for you to worry about. You just sit there and receive from him. That should have been the message. But anyway, so anything that you thought received was a barrier to you receiving God's blessing is not a barrier. He uh, said, you know what? Where your mistakes abound, I hyperabound and I overcome your mistake. That's what he's saying. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more so that as sin reigned unto death at one time, even equally so, grace reigns through righteousness to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. You guys get it? Okay, let's go to the next slide. I'm just showing you some examples. I could use a million of them. What are some other examples in scripture where they didn't have enough faith or they did something bad and God still blessed it? 
Almost every character, if you go look at it, the only, the only guys he really pushed back on were the religious leaders who put un, unequal yokes on people to be blessed. And they said, you know what? Stop that, guys. Is, uh, uh, why are you putting weights on people that you yourselves can't do? But if you go look how Jesus responded to everybody who came to him to receive, there were no barriers, no requirements. Lack of faith wasn't a barrier. Uh, nothing was a barrier. They received freely. Okay? So... But uh, you guys have probably all heard this, but how about the five women listed in the lineage of Matthew 1, if you go look at that? It's, it's a pretty interesting list. Were they all saints? No. So the law would have had disqualified every one of them, actually. And so, but God makes even those things good, and for their shame, they receive double honor. So if you've gone through any kind of shame where even if you cause the shame to your, to your family, to you, what can you expect? Double honor, guys because he overcomes it with everything. So I hope you get what I'm trying to tell you is you can't stop the blessing of God and that's what you should put your hope in. That's what you can start getting joyful about and excited about. So anyway, I'll just go through, if you can go look at them yourself, but I just save you some time. You know who Tamar was, right? She, she, this is just bizarre actually. She dressed herself up as a prostitute and then Judah was going, who was her father-in-law. And so Judah was a bad boy. And thought he was a prostitute and actually had adultery with Tamar. And then he said, you know what? Uh, uh, well, I don't give you the whole story. But basically, she, had, she, she, she committed adultery with her father-in-law. And God names her in his lineage. Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool to me. Rahab, you know her, right? Rahab, the harlot. She's listed. Ruth, a Gentile, a Moabite, so she was disqualified by the law. Bathsheba, you know the story about David and Bathsheba, right? Stay away from the hot dub, David. It's not good. So, uh, but David, I blame David, not Bathsheba. You know, because David was the one, he was the king, and she really didn't have any choice in, in that culture at the time. He says, hey, I want you as my wife. And then he sent Uriah uh, to the front of the lines to get killed in battle. So David, if you looked at it under the law, committed two things that should have killed him under the law, two death penalties, basically uh, adultery and uh, killing someone. And you know what's interesting? If you read the story, David never even sacrificed, <laughs> did he? And he says in there, he goes, you know what, Lord, if you wanted sacrifice, I would have done it. Because that was the prescribed method at that time, as you could bring a sacrifice and you could be under the law, then blood had to be shed under the law. Did God ever need blood to be shed to, to redeem you, by the way? No. It was us that needed blood. That's why it says in, in, in Hebrews where it says, hey, the blood of Jesus speaks better things. Because with Cain and Abel, what happened? There was a death and there was vengeance. The blood of Jesus was shed and there was forgiveness. Does that make sense? So there was no eye for an eye or anything like that. Jesus came and he goes, you know what, you've heard it was like that. But under the law, that was that way. I hate sacrifice. And so David said, if you wanted sacrifice, I would have given it. But what you really wanted was a changed heart. And so David didn't even go under, who was under the law, never even followed the law, yet still reigned in his kingdom. And then, you know Mary, <clears throat> what did Mary do wrong? Nothing really, but society thought, hey, this pregnant lady, she's pregnant out of wedlock, so she even she would have been excluded. So anyway, I just think it's fascinating that the five women he lists in the lineage, um, most Christians today would even disqualify them. Adultery and what, what, she's a prostitute and had sex with her father-in-law? That's weird. 
And God goes, you know what? I'm gonna put them in the lineage of the savior of the world to give them double honor for their shame. I just think that's cool. So I don't think any of those people had faith at the time. I, don't, I think they were all going, this is not a good situation, right? And God still just takes the, everything and makes it for their good. You guys get it? All right, let's go to the next slide. I'm trying to show you that uh, you've probably done some things too that you aren't that excited about. Or maybe you're in a situation where you caused it, and let's just be honest, we cause every situation. Humanity causes every situation. <laughs> it's not us, yet he still blesses us. So anyway, I'm going a little bit backwards, but you, here's uh, the ISIS of his day, the Hitler of his day was who during biblical times? Saul, who later became Paul, right? Because everybody goes, what about Hitler? I go, what about Saul? So here, so Saul's, he, I didn't want to take the whole story, but all Acts 22, Saul's telling these guys, he's going, they're, they're trying to try him in Jerusalem and they don't realize he's a Roman. <clears throat> and it says, uh, so Paul's kind of just sharing his story. He said, Lord they, know, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I was also standing by agreeing or consenting to this death and guarding the clothes who were killing him. So what does God do with the ISIS of his day? Let's him write two-thirds of the new covenant and he's the Gentile to the nations or the, the, the apostle to the nations, to the Gentiles. So then if you go look in Acts 22, he's telling us, he goes, then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood up to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. You will be witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. How's that? So even Hitler, God's gonna get him. God's gonna get him. I just, I believe that with all my heart that, you know, in theory, like if you read all the church fathers, et cetera, you've heard Brad and Baxter and Paul and all these different guys and Alara Vermelli. In fact, it's been so fun because I've just been going to all these church fathers right now. The early church, what they taught, everybody taught the same thing for the first four or 500 years. They taught, you know what? Love will never fail. He'll, he is that shepherd that we just sang about that will leave the 99 and go down. Even death doesn't separate you guys. In fact, uh, in the Psalms, it says, even in death, or in Sheol or in Hades, you are there. So we've got this concept of separation. In God's eyes, there's never been any separation. There couldn't have been. And so anyway, even there, he's gonna find you. And here we see dimly, but then we'll see face to face and every knee shall bow so that all will be in all and he restores it to the glory of the Father. See, I just believe this. If love misses one, if he misses one sheep, did God fail? I believe he did. If he misses one, he failed. He's the, he said, I, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, the story is he found them all safe and sound. We were lost, but he found us. Does that make sense, guys? It's such a beautiful thing. And when we think we don't deserve anything, when we think it's, there's no hope, uh, this is an impossibility, this could never happen in our lives, whether it's finances, marriage, I don't care what your situation is, it's just different flavors of the same thing. We're experiencing death. We're experiencing the lack of life in that area. And so what he says is, you know what? I am life and I'm, I'm at all. And so I know that every step, I know every hair on your head, I know everything and I'm 10 steps ahead of you. I will even take your mistakes, make them prosper for you because nothing can be against you. I'm for you. Isn't that awesome? And he even says in there in Romans 8, he says, there's nothing, cre there's nothing created 
that, uh, that could separate you from you. Are you created? Because I hear this is, um, well, we, we, he, uh, he doesn't lose any, we lose ourselves. I'm like, well, hello, yeah, of course. Um, but you're a created being. It says even you can't separate him from his love. It's so good once you get it. Oh, because he even makes my mistakes to prosper. What a good God. <laughs> so I don't care what it looks like, guys. It's gonna be okay. What did you say? To, you were in the car and I was like, that's a great title for a service, even though I don't like titles a lot. Yeah, don't lose hope. It's gonna be okay. I'm like, that's the message of Christ. That's the message of Christ. I'll even take your mistake and make it prosper. There's no reason to lose hope because biblical hope is the, is the confident expectation of good. He's only life. He's only good. He's, that's, that's who he is. He can't do anything other than love, bless, forgive. He, he's no shadow. There's no turning. He never changes. So all he can do is take our mess and fix it because that's what he does. He's a restorer. We've, we've read all those things, right? You go to Mardell's and that big poster, haven't you? You know what I'm talking about? All the religious guys have it on their deals. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. Yeah, believe it. Believe that he's all those things. He could, it says, I am, you know, all the names of Christ throughout, throughout the scriptures. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm the restorer. I'm the redeemer. I'm Emmanuel. I'm all these things. Yes, he, he, in fact, if you look at it in context where he said, I am the resurrection. I am salvation. Not that you can get saved. I am salvation. I, I'm it. That's pretty wild, actually. Well, what do you mean? How do you get saved? He did it. I am salvation, is what he said. I am restoration. I am, uh, what are some other things in there? I am the Jubilee. I'm everything. And you're one with me. So you have everything that you could ever have. And so if he's, if he's the God of restoration, do you have restoration? Yes, you have it. And that's why it says, hey, you have restoration, be restored. You have reconciliation, be reconciled. Hey, I love you, so be loved, right? I became poor so that you may become rich, so be rich. That's what he's saying, isn't it? So, you guys getting this? But what if you mess it up? He's the restorer. So it can't get bad, it, it, I'm sorry, it can get bad, it can get dark, etc. but it really, you know what, He's, has, has he always worked out? Has it always worked out? Maybe not what we expected, has it always worked out? It always has, and it always will, because he's your end. <laughs> he's the Alpha and the Omega, so whatever's going on, he is your end. Despite you, that's the great news of, of the gospel, right? So, you guys get it? All right, let's go to this last slide. Man, we're getting done fast, you guys okay with that? Yeah, if, then we stick around and ask you to pray and whatever you need, okay? So, Ohio State, Penn State's playing, so. <laughs> no, I just thought of that, though, when I was looking at the time, like, man, I might catch the third quarter. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I just love it. Sorry, I've got a sickness. Yes, Lord. I've, I love ESPN. So, uh, anyway, I just do. It's, it's just fun to me. She knows. I even watch badminton when the Olympics are on. I know what a shuttlecock is. I know how many feathers are on it. I know everything now. Because what do you do at 3 a.m.? ESPN's got to fill it with something, right? So it's badminton. And... All right. That's only once a year, though, at the Olympics. So anyway, get your hopes up, guys. Because why? Because he is the end. 
he's the restorer. He's the redeemer. He's the lover. He's, the, uh, he's everything. So he makes all things work together for our good, even our mistakes. That should be a rest to you. Like, okay, Lord, what did you say again? That was really good. Don't lose hope. It's going to be okay. That is good. That's perfect. That's the gospel, right? When it looked hopeless, like the, 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 the people on the road to Emmaus, they were all bummed out when Jesus showed up next to them, right? And they're like, and again, Jesus is kind of like, why are you so gloomy? And why is it so overcast? And like, you're not from around here, are you? Don't you know what just happened? We thought this guy was the Messiah. And, uh, but then he died. He was supposed to be this conquering king and to restore Israel and beat up the Romans for us. And, and, uh, and then he starts going through scriptures, what it says, revealing who he was through the Psalms, the law, and the prophet. And it said their heart burned. They, then they could see. And then poof, he leaves. See, that's what your glorified body will be. Won't that be fun? That'll be kind of fun. So, see, then, well, then we could go to Paris, like tomorrow. Poof, we're there. You'd go if it wasn't that long flight, right? Yeah, okay. So, anyway, do you, I want you to focus on, I don't care what's going on, choose life, and just start going, you know what, it's going to be okay. Because I'm telling you, that's when, he start, that's when you start to connect to the divine flow. That's when you connect to that supernatural flow that we were talking about. Because he's only good, he's only love, he's only forgiveness. So, that's how, that's how we can experience him. No, scripture says he won't let you go through anything that you can handle. So if there's something that you need him to swoop in at the last minute, even though he will do it, is what he says. I'm not gonna let you go through anything that you can't handle, but I'll let you go through some things, you know, just because that's the refiner's fire, in my opinion. That's where it, it builds you a little bit. And then you learn to trust him for even more, in my opinion. Like, okay, I've gone through that. I've gone through this. I've done this. And he's always come through. You know what? He's a good God. He's a good father. We can trust him. He's gonna come through once again. That should be, that's the message, guys. He, whatever your situation is, he's gonna come through again for you. I don't care what the situation looks like. So he's for you, no matter how bad things might seem, no matter how impossible and hopeless the situ situation looks, God will manifest in ways you never thought possible. He's for you, so no situation, no thing, no person, no anything could be against you because he is for you and he makes all things work together for your good. You got it? Yes. All right, you can get to your feet. Ah, I hope it's awesome, Martha, because it's awesome for me. It's good news for me. I'm actually happy thinking about it. Oh, Father, you're so good. Just let us get through of any fears of our lack of faith is a barrier to you, our, our, uh, our mistakes are a barrier to your goodness, our lack of hearing, our lack of being able to see perfectly, our lack of wisdom, nothing of that separates you from you because you are wisdom and we're one with you. So we just thank you for that. That you make even our mistakes to prosper. So I don't care what's going on. You'll come through once again. You'll make all things good. You'll restore everything. That's just who you are. And we just say thank you. That's, uh, that we can rest in your love, your perfect love, because love never fails. So Father, just let them rest. Restore any situation that needs restoration. Heal any wounds that need to be healed anything in their physical body, their nervous system, their mind, just touch them right now. And just heal them and make them whole in every area so they can experience you. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.